Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Pete Callender Show, hour number three, here on this Tuesday. Just a programming note, I will not be here tomorrow. Do you remember who we've got tomorrow? Is it Lou Pate? Which almost sounds like Pete. Just the complete coincidence. Um, I'll be up in Raleigh. I'll be headed to Raleigh. To Raleigh. And uh, the uh, we, we anticipate that they're going to be doing a reading for the WBT 100th anniversary uh, over in the state senate. And so I'm going to head on up there and uh, be there for that. And I don't know, maybe just like give the finger to the press corps. No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do it. I'm a nice guy. What are you talking about? I would not do that sort of thing. Um, Shifting gears now, because if I don't do this today, it's not going to get done because I'm not going to be here tomorrow. And then by Thursday, it's going to be old news. So the Charlotte City Council went ahead and approved that deal to renovate the Spectrum Center and to build a new practice facility for the Charlotte Hornets. The deal will also mean that the team isn't going anywhere until like 2045. And by going anywhere, I mean the playoffs. That's No, I'm kidding. I'm because I love. It's a $215 million deal. It would come from the city's tourism funds, go to the Spectrum Center's renovations. Okay, $215 million. Go to renovations and the renovation list here. Hang on, I've got the city press release on the matter. And, well, now I can't find it. Oh, here it is. You got bathrooms. I got to fix the bathrooms. Escalators, HVAC, plumbing, roof, entryways. Uh, I think that's about it. So, yeah, they got to do a bunch of renovations. And they have to. They're on the hook already. The contract says they have to do these renovations. And, uh, and they have to do the maintenance. This this is already baked into the cake. It's like $173 million. They can't get around paying that. And so... They use that as leverage in order to get an extension. They're going to throw some extra money at the projects in order to keep the Hornets in town through 2045. But they've also reworked the bad deal that put them in this position. So last night, let's start with some public speakers. First up is a a woman by the name of Grace Fendrick, I believe. She's a UNC Charlotte alumna. And while at the college, she studied what she called the scam of stadium subsidies. I am very well aware that a significant portion of the proposed plan the city is contractually obligated to pay. However, I would like to note that this is because the Charlotte City Council voted to overrule the will of the electorate against the funding of the initial arena back during a 2001 referendum which notably provided less funding to build a brand new stadium than we are proposing right now with upgrades. Yeah, isn't that amazing? There's more money, there's more money now for these upgrades and the renovations than the actual cost of the thing to begin with. It's kind of nuts. She says economic studies show stadium deals find a negative or negligible effect 
on cities. While the economic impact of a sports franchise may be large in a gross sense, teams have little net effects on a city's economic variables. And that is just the research for stadium subsidies, which do experience tens of thousands of people going to the events in these venues. So the idea that a practice facility will bring in any statistically significant economic benefit to this city is laughable. The literature is overwhelmingly clear. Stadium subsidies do not provide enough economic benefits to justify the current investment of taxpayer dollars, and I implore you all to stop touting these lies in order to provide the political cover for your decision to make poor investments and misuse public funds. If you want to vote for it, go ahead and vote for it, but stop using these lies that are statistically untrue to justify and political cover. It's time that we stop corporate welfare and tell people to pay for their own damn stadiums. Thank Thank you, you. Ms. Tendrick. There you go. (laughs) Ah, yes. It took me right back. It took me right back to 2001. What's her beef? Yes, she's against the stadiums. She wants the people to these owners to pay for their own stadia. I agree. Um, But to the city council, I think it's a fair request. If you are going, like if you're making the argument that you, you know, in defense of voting for this package, stop lying about it. Just say, we think it's a good deal, the best deal we can get. We think the Hornets are worth it. And I will say, by the end of the discussion, that's what the council members were. I mean, not all of them, but hashtag not all council. But the, most of them were saying, we want to keep the Hornets here. We got to pay for this stuff anyway. All right, next up, this was Charles Held. He was one of the leaders of the 2001 opposition to the arena bundle. His group was called Cost, Charlatans Opposed to Sports Taxes. He noted back then 57% of voters rejected the arena and arts package. Every single independent study that has looked at sports subsidies, what you call uh, euphemistically investments, Every study shows that they are actually net economic losers. None of them make a profit for the subsidizing municipality. Um, The numbers here just don't add up either. I mean, um, the entire cost of the arena in uh, 2004, 2005 was $245 million. Uh, Now, sure, we've had inflation, but according to Wikipedia, that's still $361 million in quote-unquote today's money. So you're looking at upgrades that are astounding. It's, It's half, again, the cost of the entire building. This is insane. Ah, is it, though? Yes. It is. Um, He commented then on the use of tourist money to fund the project. You know, I think tourists are more concerned about being shot outside the arena than they are about who is making shots inside the arena. Oh! And then this this thing about uh, building an (laughs) entertainment district. Uh, Have we not heard of City Fair? Boom. Have we not read about the epicenters? bankruptcy and all of those businesses Boom. going out of business and that started well before the lockdowns took a, took a big chunk out of the hospitality business. All right, so here's the thing, and as much as this is going to pain people in city government to hear, uh, the folks that made these arguments 20 years ago were right. They were right. Y'all cut a bad deal. You screwed over 
the city taxpayers, the city councils of the future, you city management, right? You did a bad deal. Everybody's had to live under it. So now the city council is saying, we've got a better deal now. We agree it was a bad deal, but let's not cast stones at anybody on council who was there around back then, which is actually Malcolm Graham. But let's not cast stones. Mistakes were made. This is a better deal. Progress. Forward. Let's move forward. We'll take a listen to some of the council members' remarks. You're going to want to hear them. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. You can also email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Talking about the Charlotte Hornets deal with the city. Council approved it 10 to 1 last night. It's a $275 million package. 215 of it will come from the city's tourism funds, which are... Uh, you know, hotel, motel, car rental taxes, and uh, that is legislatively prescribed. The city cannot change where the money goes. So it's got to go to tourism-related projects um, or tourism-related funding, let's say. It comes from the tourist industry. It's got to go back to the tourist industry. It's a dedicated revenue stream. And then there's another $60 million for naming rights of the... The bus station. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but it'll be the the practice facility. Or they're calling it like the performance center or something. Uh, but we don't know who's going to pay $60 million. And who knows, with inflation going the way it is, $60 million might actually be a great deal come four years when the construction is done. We shall see. Let me go over here uh, to Dean. Hello, Dean. I'm betting you got a question for me. Yeah. Well, you know, Pete, it's, it's always so enlightening listening to you. Uh-huh. You're so topical. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Hey, uh, I just had a question, just taking it from a different perspective on this. And I agree that, like, in 2001, it was overpaid and the people voted it down and they still went ahead and did it. If you fast forward to today and look back, was it still the right thing to do from the big picture? I mean, a lot of people overpay for stuff. But in the end, it still works out. Is it something that the city needed, regardless? Did this is is the arena something that the city needed, regardless of what? Well, if we if if it had been voted down in two thousand one, it was voted and down. It, it you know it just went dormant, dead, and the teams moved out. Right, um, and we never we, see. All right, so you're making a whole lot of assumptions that, like, for example we would not have gotten another team or another league. Like, if the NBA left in 2001, 2002, they went down to New Orleans where they played forever, evermore as the Hornets, and we never got another NBA franchise here, um, maybe we get a Major League Baseball. No, I, I agree with you, but it, it isn't that, that sort of a risk-reward kind yeah. of decision. Yeah, I mean, it's all hypothetical. Oh. We have no idea. This is what's called the but-for argument. Like, we, we don't know, but-for uh, the arena, you know, would we have had uh, the Major League Baseball? We we don't know what economic uh, impacts uh, might we we may have otherwise seen because we didn't take that path. Um, yeah, but I but I, well, 
I mean, if you take that, it, it all becomes speculative. You indeed. Know, this, what? I said, indeed. It is all speculative, yeah. which is what you call, I mean, that's what you asked me. You asked me a speculative type of question, and so we, we agree. It, it's speculative. Yeah, but, uh, well, we, we are better off for it, aren't we? Ah, there's your assertion. There you go, Dean. Good job. So your assertion is that uh, no, despite the – no, it, I, look, no, this is a better way to engage in the dialogue because now I've wasted like three minutes with you going around and around. See, if you just call in and say the thing that you want to say, the thing that you believe, then we can discuss that assertion rather than you trying to kind of guide me into uh, uh, an answer – that feels like you're getting ready to spring a trap. I'm not saying it's an effective trap, but I, I, I can sense that's where we're going. So your assertion is that the 2001 referendum, while uh, voters voted it down, it's st- we are still better off as a city for having done the deal and kept the Hornets, right? That's your assertion? Pete, I'll try to reframe, rephrase my questions, but it, it wasn't in I was inquiring. I really wasn't trying to set it up or anything. Okay. If All right. I, well, but if but if you have a thing, thought, yeah, okay, let's say that. Go okay. ahead and answer that. Well, I'm not no. answering it. That's your opinion. You're saying that you're you believe that 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 we are better off as a city for having kept the Hornets here. And so my We're response not would, risking losing them. Okay. Yeah. So now, but my response is: so what's the total cost versus total benefit? And, okay. and and now some of this is obviously going to be like how do you measure prestige, right? Like there is a certain mm-hmm. there's a certain cachet that a city gets if it has an NBA team, if it has pro sports, that sort of thing, right? So I don't know how you put a a a, a figure on that. I know there are people that are paid to consult and they try to put figures on it, uh, but as you heard from the speakers, and this has been borne out for now you know thirty years worth of economic studies, there really aren't benefits that accrue to the city directly it's just money that gets spent on a different form of entertainment so if you think that it's worth what was i guess a price tag of like 250 million dollars way back when and now it's another 275 million so now you're approaching half a billion dollars and you think that Mm -hmm. that is worth it and i would submit that half a billion dollars might actually have been better spent in some other areas but I also am philosophically opposed to using tax money for corporate welfare. And that's, what, and that's how I view these Stadia deals. Well, I, I appreciate the clarity of your answers. Uh, I'm going to work on my questions. That's right. Well, don't future. work on the question. Just make the assertion. Just make the statement. <laughs> if you have a view, then express that view. Just, you know, be secure and make that, make that assertion. And, it go, and then we can get past all of the questioning part. Okay. All right. Very good. Well, I'm, I'm I'm for anything that puts a, a better light on the on the city, and I mean we're a big time city, and we I, I think there is some responsibility to act as a big time city. You know, I mean to strive for that. And so, oh, so that's interesting. So, acting as a big time city requires the expenditure of tax dollars for professional sports. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I exactly said that. I think it's to 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 look at the big picture of the city and what what impacts the city and and its um, perception and you know the yeah, the image. other word that you used it's image um, the cachet it's image yeah it's prestige yeah, cachet yeah I got you the image all right. and all that that uh, to compete with with other cities 
similar in similar in nature that compete for the same kind of business and economic enterprise. Gotcha. Dean, I appreciate the call. Good to talk with you, sir. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. <laughs> News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So Bernie and I are talking during the break regarding Dean's call uh, or the point he's raising. So everybody's so afraid. Let me just say it this way. Everybody is so afraid of losing any team, any professional sports team. Okay. I understand that people have emotional ties to a team. They love, I love, I love the Carolina Panthers. I would hate to see them go. And so what happens is the ownership in all of the leagues, right? All of the owners and the leagues, they all know that the city leaders are over the barrel. They don't want to be penalized at the ballot box if a team leaves. So they know that the the city people cannot walk away from the deal. They can't. And so you're in no position then to negotiate. And the city of Charlotte was in no position here to negotiate. They were on the hook for 170 something million dollars in renovation costs anyway because of the bad deal that was cut in years past. So they had to do it anyway, and the city doesn't want to be the city council that lost the Hornets over an arena renovation deal, right? So what does that do? It empowers the owner, and then they, they, they can move the team just like the Hornets did before. Okay. Here's my premise, my assertion. That threat only works because it doesn't happen a lot. Not the threat, but the actual moving of the teams. Teams don't move a lot, and that's why the threat works. If teams moved more, the threat would cease to work. Hear me out. Team comes to the city, says, give us an arena. We say no. Team says, we're going to move. We say, fine. Team moves, goes to the next city. Give me, now maybe they bought them an arena. Okay, but now you got another team in another city, makes the same threat. That city says no. And now the team moves again. And now another team moves and another team moves. And you have all these teams moving all over the place, right? What happens to the fans? Do you think they're more loyal or less loyal to a team that has moved And then what happens when that moving infects all of the leagues and half of the teams? you got widespread team mobility, right? They're moving all over the place. The fan experience deteriorates, and now your business model suffers because you didn't want to build your own stadia, right? You You tried to extort taxpayers, via their representatives who were so afraid of getting voted out of office that you extorted them, you took the taxpayer money. That was the threat. The only reason this system works, the only reason the threats work is because it doesn't happen a lot because the the politicians cave so often. If they didn't cave and teams moved more, there would be a diminishing return, if you will, right? These business owners of the, of the league and of the teams, right? these business people would start to see fans aren't, they're not loyal to the teams anymore. They're getting fed up and frustrated. They don't follow teams. They're out. And that's a problem for your longevity as a league. 
Anyway, it just, uh, I don't know. What is that? Not on top of... Oh, no, that was the last... Uh, well, see, I, my problem is this call screen is so far away, and I don't have my glasses on, so I have to lean over to squint to see the thing, and it's green on black, and it's... So, no, Roger, we're on to the arena stuff, man. I appreciate the call, though. Um, so let me get to this. This is Larkin Eggleston. He's a city councilman. Uh, he said, look, the arena is a city asset. It's a city asset, and it needs to be maintained. I think it's also important to realize that of the cost that we're talking about for the investments in the arena itself, 80% of what's being proposed is required of us. I think a lot of what we've heard tonight is is a desire to relitigate decisions that were made 20 years ago. Um, we don't have the luxury of voting on that. We have the, in front of us tonight a vote on where we stand today. And contractual obligations that were agreed to years and years ago uh, are not things that we have authority over. At this point, we move forward from where we stand, and where we stand is we're going to spend $173 million on this arena regardless of how we vote tonight. So putting a 20% premium on that with the ability to retain the Hornets long term and really make this arena state of the art, I think we've seen already initial feedback on what the investments we've made at the convention center, making a, our convention center state of the art, the feedback we've gotten on that and the additional opportunities it's created for our city in terms of attracting people to it. Um, I don't disagree that there are plenty of instances where some of these studies are overly optimistic, some of the ones that, that maybe were presented 20 years ago, um, and one since undoubtedly. But again, I think when you're obligated to spend 173 and essentially get nothing for it other than just absolute you know, required maintenance, or you can up that by 20% and get the sort of agreement that we're getting here that ensures the long-term stability of the anchor tenant of that building and of one of the points of pride of our community, I think it's a, a good return on investment. All right. So, again, you're trying to pitch this as a community pride sell. Fine. That's fine. Just don't use economic impact studies to try to make Arguments that are not factually true. Tark Bakari said he would normally be preaching the same message as the public speakers who oppose the subsidies. The reason why I am begrudgingly having to come along here and make this tough decision that goes against a lot of what I believe in with public arenas and stadiums really boils down to this isn't a normal situation. We have like one hand and a leg tied behind our back right now in this. It's not oh, do you believe in stadiums and arenas and they pencil out for taxpayers or not. It's we were handed because of contracts that were formed 20 years ago and how it was treated 20, 15, 10, and five years ago in the maintenance, this untenable situation where we have to figure out, okay, here's the, the hand you've been dealt. And spending zero unless we're going to court is not an option, right? There's you know, well over $100 million that must be, be ultimately spent or we are in, uh, in in a litigious situation that we do not win. So that's terrible. Um, but secondly, you know, as part of this, how do we not 20 years from now put a, the next council in the same situation that we're in right now? All right, that was Tark Bakari. We'll have more from other city council members.
News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's Credence Clearwater Revival. Um, Mucho ditto, says Dennis, to the two people you just quoted that spoke the truth about the details surrounding the financial picture of the Uptown Arena. I'd love to see somebody audit the books and show us how much money the arena has made us so far, or better yet, how much it has cost the city. Um, Councilmember Ed Driggs, Republican, he said, we should not lose sight of the fact that the Hornets are a valued part of the city. And uh, he says, look, they bring stature to the city. This was Dean's argument as well earlier, you know, TV exposure. And he said he wants the team to stay here. He he wants the team and the players, the owners, the fans. He wants everybody to know that the council appreciates them. I think the case that is made about economic uh, impact and so on is kind of questionable. Uh, you know, there's, there's not a lot of science there. I am an economist. Uh, and this induced economic benefit and all those things that are argued in favor of it. So I wouldn't personally make a decision relying on that. And uh, in this transaction, I'm also a little uncomfortable about the fact that uh, we are relying for $60 million on naming rights, which um, are not fully established. Uh, so yeah, what could go uh, wrong? I think we have to proceed on the basis that we can fulfill our commitments regardless of how that turns out. Um, but to me, it's a, it's a weakness in this deal structure that makes me a little uncomfortable. Um, and, and most of all, I, I would say that the objections of critics are justified, if anything, by the $173 million. So uh, we got ourselves into a situation where we had a huge liability because of the way that deal was put together. And frankly, I think that aligns with, with your complaints. I, I don't think that we should try to minimize or gloss over the fact that we got to a point where we had an obligation that we couldn't escape for $173 million. So, uh, like Mr. Bakari, uh, I wrestle with this, and I have a lot of sympathy with the critics. Right. So, w- what is the what is the message here? You guys were right. That's what they're saying. Yeah, you guys are right. And even the council members who who weren't getting as close to saying that as Bakari and Driggs did, even the, the the Democrats on the council, they all seemed to be of the same mind that it's a bad deal. This was a bad deal, meaning that the people who opposed this 20 years ago were correct. They were correct. It was a bad deal. But you guys rammed it through anyway. The city administration and council members rammed it through anyway. Driggs said uh, the state has given Charlotte the authority to levy tourism taxes for specific uses. He said this decision is about whether to extend the contract and the cost of doing so. My conclusion is that uh, as sympathetic as I am with many of the criticisms that are being levied, that it does represent decent value. To have that team here using $6.8 million of those limited hospitality funds uh, strikes me as acceptable value, and uh, therefore I will also be supporting this. I would really like us to have the team stay here. If, if we don't negotiate with them, they'll negotiate with somebody else. So you need to understand that we don't have the option of not negotiating with the team and having them stay here. That, that doesn't happen. And whether or not you agree with the terms on which uh, the, the, the particular contract is negotiated, and, and I'll make one final remark, the uh, contract that got us into the hole that we were in 
um, as I just said, may have been an example of why these things are, are not good. The outlook, however, is better. The terms of the contract have been improved. We're collecting rent. That is true. They're going to start collecting rent from the Hornets. That is true. The only member on the council to vote against it, Braxton Winston. Yeah, the Black Lives Matter protester guy. This is a bad contract for the taxpayers of Charlotte. Uh, this is a bad contract for the current Charlotte Hornets ownership and any other ownership group that inherits it. This contract mandates that a poorly designed and poorly built building will have to be maintained at a high cost to taxpayers. This contract produces a situation that this high cost will only produce an average at best building for an NBA team to play in, i.e. the top 50%. Our tax dollars are not providing a premier experience, just an average experience. This contract put the current Charlotte City Council in a very precarious position. At the end of 2021, we were presented with a situation that could have left taxpayers with the $300 million responsibility. I'm grateful for my colleagues, and I would suggest that the taxpayers of Charlotte should be too. We work with staff aggressively to work through a, a, a bad contract that was drawn out of the emotional reaction of past leaders of losing an NBA franchise. The deal on the table today provides better stewardship of tax dollars than the deal that was initially presented to us and does more to balance the future than past rounds of no negotiations have produced. I know that see Braxton Winston, as much as as much as I want to just oh, shake him sometimes. Then he does something like this and totally redeems himself. Not totally, but uh kind of close. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, sometimes, man, he's uh, he's so close. Anyway, Dimple Ajmira, she responded to that comment that Charles Held made in the public speaker section about uh, tourists worried about getting shot outside of the arena, uh, not so much about the shots happening inside the arena. This funds can only be used for tourism. It cannot be used for affordable housing, public safety, transportation, or any other infrastructure. Uh, this is what the state requires us to do. Uh, so if you want us to change that, you have to lobby your state legislators. But that's what the current uh, state uh, law is. Yeah, I'm thinking that you could probably use it to pay for uh, security at tourist attractions. What do you think? I think you might be able to do that. I think they could get creative if they wanted to, but I, I don't think they want to. Now, she also expressed, and there were others that also expressed this opposition, concern at this point to moving the, the transit center underground. She said it sends the message that bus riders are unwanted and unappreciated. There was another concern raised. Council members said, uh, like Malcolm Graham, said the public and the council need to be at the takeoff of these talks, not just at the landing. Which is a nice way to say that they were all, we were all, kind of cut out of the deal. I'll see you Thursday. Don't break anything while I'm gone.